So what are we doing? <laughs> okay, well, hello, everybody. H hello, Haley. Hi, Red. Uh, we don't have a guest today. We're, oh. Well, I guess we're going to have to remember one next time. So you don't have to. Well, no, because we're doing Telltale. Yes, but we will we'll tell the tale. <laughs> we'll tell the tale another time. Fucking fucking CEO Telltale, John Telltale, are like, they told my story. <laughs> <laughs> who lives, who dies, who will remember this? Who lives, who dies, who tells the tale? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hated that. <laughs> <laughs>Buskirk. And my name is Haley Van Rose. That's right. We both turned into vans. We are cars now. Beep, 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 beep. With the frizz? No way. <laughs> no way! <laughs> we got turned into cars. That's a different... That's Blue's Clues. <laughs> We're a bunch of cars now. Our legs turned into wheels. Our arms also became wheels. And our eyes are it's an existential crisis. <laughs> I'm drinking gasoline. <laughs> I know everybody thinks about the magic. Are we doing the magic school bus? <laughs> no, because he, he can't fix what ain't broke, dog. It's true. Whenever the magic school bus is brought up, um, everyone thinks of like the the cooking episode and the like Earth episode and the space episode where Arnold turns into ice cubes. Yeah, um, I where he always... turns into the rapper Vanilla Ice. Yeah, but I he does. But I always <laughs> um, I always think about the friction episode where they like go to some void green space and then like they go to a frictionless environment and then just mm -hmm. fall a bunch and that's the whole <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh um, my god! It's a delight. <sighs> But anyway, we're not going to fix Magic School Bus because that show is perfect. Work today is special because this is the this is the first episode where we're not talking about a story in particular. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a whole bunch of them. Tales, if you will. 
we're telling the tales. Uh, today we are going to be fixing slash reviving Telltale Studios. We're going to bring them back in our image. Whoa. Show. <laughs> so, what is your experience with Telltale Studios? I played a little bit of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple episodes of somebody's Let's Play of The Wolf Among Us. Mm-hmm. And I played the Back to the Future Telltale game. I heard that was pretty good. It was very good. Um, that's it. That's all my experience. I also know I... that they they did a they did something with Homestar Runner, I think. They did, yes, they did. This Strong was Bad's my this cool was game. my first experience with Telltale. They did Strong Bad's cool game for attractive people, which was a mm. uh, a video game that I love dearly. I, I played it a lot as a small child. It's I, I think it's like the they did such a good job adapting Homestar Runner to uh, to the video game medium. It it's it's one of those games where they did where it legit feels like you're just playing a an extended series of shorts from Homestar Runner. It's very good. Yeah. So my my other experience is watching my watching a let's play of the Minecraft Telltale series because I was so damn curious. Catching glances of my little brother playing the Minecraft Telltale series because he was the core demographic. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got The Wolf Among Us in a Humble Bundle, and I am a really big fan of Fables, so I was like, okay, I'll play it. And uh, it looked really, really good. Yeah. And the story was good. The choices did not matter. Every single time they gave me a prompt, I would set my controller down. And I got through the entire game that way, except for a couple of quick time events. And it was really fucking funny, too, because Big B Wolf is just fucking. They're like, what do you think of this, Big B? And then Big B's just like. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I, I, I really enjoyed the Back to the Future one because, um, it came out in, I think it was 2015. It was like Mm -hmm. when the, the whole thing was happening it was Um, i think it was the last game they did before they really started leading into the walking dead style yeah and it was it was a really good time i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite things was that they went back to they they stuck with their kind of like their um roots kind of like well, they stuck with their, like, you know, following, like, when... An- it's all about, like, Marty's ancestors, and then Doc is old as shit. Like, that's mm. the central theme of the whole thing. And so, ah. you the beginning, you go back to the 30s, which is really cool. And that's... Mm-hmm. It's kind of... It's a really fun time, because it feels like the Back to the Future animated series, where we we finally get to, like, have fun with the time machine, rather than just going, like, to the 50s, to the future, and then the Old West. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, like jump around mm-hmm. and go experience random stuff and so it was really fun and i think they got the voice actor uh or they got the actor who played biff to play biff which was really cool um that is that's so cool and um the guy who plays uh the marty's voice double is really great and i 
No, they didn't. Uh, was it Christopher? I can't tell if it was Christopher Lloyd or a voice double, but either way, it was a really, Christopher they were really Lloyd, good performance. Christopher Lloyd is would be takes any and every role, so I would not be surprised yeah. if it was legit just Christopher Lloyd. Although they had a young Christopher Lloyd sounding, it would guy. be it would be weirder if it wasn't Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they they had a younger guy voice young Doc in the 30s and he's like a kid he's like a scrappy kid and you have to get him like laid and <laughs> it's funny it's a really it was a funny game i enjoyed it but yeah um but telltale huh. gets a lot of crap i for being like from like capital g gamers for mm-hmm. being like not real video games um and it kind of came around the same time as like um La- was it no not last of us not not wait was it last wait what is the life is strange that's it um mm-hmm. around the same time life is strange and all of those like walking sims came out people started giving it a lot of crap for being like boring mm-hmm. which i kind of get but also like i don't know it was a, it, i it was it's a very different kind of game and it kind of makes you think about like the nature of storytelling in this what, medium life is strange because that because that wasn't no, telltale no, no. no i'm talking about telltale i'm saying oh, like specifically okay. telltale is has mm-hmm. takes a has a really interesting take on how to tell a story with a video mm-hmm. game and it sort of mm-hmm. boiled it down it was very necessary because it boiled it down to like what does video games do it lets you make choices so let's make stories that are literally just about choices and you have to keep going mm-hmm. back and trying different things and it's interesting it's a very interesting kind of method. Yeah, my my only issue with it, and I'm sure that this is everyone's issue, is that 90% of the time, the choices don't really matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, I, I feel like, 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 the, the, the perfection of the, of the Telltale storytelling style was, honestly, I feel a game that Telltale didn't even make, uh, until Dawn, because in that one, mm. your choices actually did have effects. You gotta keep all these idiots alive. It's true. Um, that game was spooky. Um, that game yeah, was cool. It was a cool game. I really liked the kind of central conceit of the whole thing. Also, Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Rami yeah. Malek. So what happened with Telltale essentially was that, and, and a lot of my information comes from this really, really good video from this really, really good YouTuber named Super Bunny Hop, who you should definitely check out because his videos are top tier. Nice. Um, it's essentially what happened was that after The Walking Dead uh, made, you know, made waves like it did, uh, they literally telltale like the studio heads literally put out a mandate that like there were documents that literally say they want games just like the walking dead and Hmm. so they they literally just found what properties they could attach to it and to be honest that's not even inherently a bad thing because like they had such they had so many properties that are so good for storytelling like like batman or guardians of the galaxy like mm-hmm. i never played those games but the fact that they didn't take off i think shows a monumental mismanagement of what they had because if if i were a writer and if i were stuck with this style 
and with these properties where like I couldn't kill off characters because you know they 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 still have studio mandates I would still you st I would still try to find a way to make it work right it it ultimately came down to prioritizing money uh for the company mhm mm which was I honestly blame honestly 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 Mm -hmm. I blame Steam and, like, that whole um, chapter system uh, that they were the kind of doing. The chapter system definitely sucks. It, it made sense in the early days because, first off, every chapter was, like, a self-contained episode. Right, and, and they had also, to develop the game itself. And also, they were such a small, scrappy company that they couldn't... They needed the money. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, it just seems like a... On one hand, I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping that it makes the games easier on the devs because from what has been uh, unearthed, the, the, the people working there did not have a great time. Um, no, yeah. But uh, I'm hoping it was easier on the devs, but it mostly felt like a cash grab. It did. It felt like, um, it felt like a perverted extension of the DLC kind mm -hmm. of predatory um, practice mm -hmm. where instead of having to buy, you know, expansions for a single game, you're basically just buying new games over and over again just to mm -hmm. finish a story. And yes. it's it's And on top of that, they started having to do like really stupid cliffhangers at the end of like for example mm -hmm. in the wolf among us one of the first cliffhangers i don't remember if this i'm pretty sure this is what ends episode one in the wolf among us the cliffhanger is that bigsby opens the door to his little apartment complex and snow white's head is on the porch now do you know do you know have you read the fables comics no in the fables comics Snow White is a main character, and the the game takes place in the 80s, before the comics take place. So mm. obviously, Snow White isn't dead. <laughs> so, it's and this is a world where there's magic and glamours and, like, illusions. Yeah, and, like, literally right away at the very beginning of episode two, they're like, nope, it's a glamour, it's not Snow White. And I, I, I think I, I legit cannot remember why they even made it look like Snow White. The, uh, my guess is probably the, they, they were like trying no, to let the. No, not the devs. I mean, in the story, I know why the devs oh. did it. Yeah, I mean, cliffy hangers to make it a monies. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we. I I think that like there there's a lot to Telltale that is really nice, but there's a mm -hmm. lot to Telltale that is not really nice. And so like mm -hmm. since we're not working with a self-contained story, we got to kind of break down some. We got to get into some uh, game mechanics. We got to talk. We got to talk shop about mm -hmm. gaming. Um, but uh, before we do that, uh, should we uh, retire ourselves over to? Uh, auteur assembly? Absolutely. Alright. So, we need to come up with... First of all, all game companies need a recognizable, like, figurehead. Mm -hmm. Right? Takes like all Todd... the credit, takes all the blame. Exactly. We need a Todd Howard, we need a Reggie Fisame. And mm -hmm. so, we need a Jeff Kaplan. So, like, we need... 
a name that is memorable, mockable, and very memeable. That's what we need. So I did just think of something. Okay. Hit me. Uh, Fido Dogman. <clears throat> and he's always wearing a hat and like a big long jacket. And because of that, it's become a running joke online that he's secretly a dog man trying to hide his ears and tail. I like this. I think we can lean a little bit harder into the kind of punniness of Bigsby Wolf. And Fido Dogman is good, but Dogman is is two on the well, nose. Well, the, the fun thing is that Big B Wolf was li- like his name literally is in it's Fables Big Bad Wolf, Big Bad Wolf and yeah, Big yeah. B Wolf is just like his fake ID. Mm-hmm. And it's like a joke that it's like so unoriginal. Fido Dogman. That's very, mm-hmm. that's good. I can't really think of anything else, but... Mm, something something to do with telltale and like you know when you get a dog you like speak you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. something like <laughs> what if his gimmick is every time he goes out to make a speech he has several sets of of note cards to read from and he's constantly like switching back and forth between which ones he's choosing to read <laughs> And so, so his own his own speeches are like a choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> um Fido Dogman. What about What about What about Fido T? Mm-hmm. Oh no, Fido T something. Fido Good boy. T Fido T Goodman. Fido T Goodman. Oh man, Fido T. Goodman, and yeah, and and everyone thinks he's actually a dog. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. That he's secretly a dog. And then, like every once in a while, when they're like releasing like a Wolf Among Us chapter or something, he'll go out and do the announcement, and he'll turn around, and then he'll have like a spring-loaded tail pop out from behind the coat, and just like feed <laughs> the meme a little bit. Or like, or like someone in the crowd will will like heckle him and be like woof woof, and then he'll like be like huh. <laughs> Mom, no, see, I think I think it should like really piss him off. Like he really hates mm. it. He's like, who the fuck? But then, but then by reacting like that, he's playing into it because that's exactly what a dog does when they bark. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like woof woof, and he's like, what what what? Who said that? Who said that? Oh well, you've got a woof. I can woof too. Woof 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 woof. And then there's just compilations of him losing it. Yeah, that's good. Fido T. Goodman. Fido T. Goodman. Okay. And the T stands for telltale. The T stands for telltale. All right. So, (laughs) once again, we're going over our rules. Yes. Those of you that are new here, Mm -hmm. basically, what we have to do is we have to fix telltale. Mm -hmm. And in order to do so, we have to use what's already a part of it. We can't mm-hmm. add, we can't make it Call of Duty. You yeah, can't, can't add online gameplay. <laughs> we can't be like, oh, we'll just give them a million dollar. We can't add comp. You mm-hmm. know, like, we're not doing hardcore ranked Telltale. So, no. um, uh, then it also has to be for the same audience. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's 
pretty that's broad. Like mature, they, m- mature gamers mostly. They they yeah. do make kid games, but I do feel like their main focus has always been mature audiences. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then has to have the same general premise and genre, so it's going to be a choose your own adventure type point and click mm-hmm. style modernized they are, they are still going to they are still going to be about making adventure and story based games that yes, is still absolutely. going to be their big their big their thing yes and uh oops we have to find a way to make it gay um so i don't think telltale is particularly gay um, they they've they've had the chance to be gay and they've never taken it yeah, so we'll we'll fix that. We'll make um, them gay, don't worry. Yeah. So um what they do well, what they do poorly. Let's break mm-hmm. this down. What they do well, I think, is tell they tell compelling stories. Like they Yeah, even even when the choices don't matter, the stories themselves are still pretty alright. Yeah. The the characters are great, the voice acting is wonderful. Voice um, acting's always very good. The style is very pretty. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, it's a nice, very they, appealing cell shade. They know how to make look. it. They know how to make a good looking game. It feels like storybooks for grown up gamers. You mm-hmm. know, it feels like like you know storybooks to go to bed sleepy time to. You know, mm-hmm. and it's a very. It feels fun like that, and the the flexibility of it allows for them to kind of make something more realistic or something more gritty and comic mm-hmm. booky or something kind of um, like, you know, colorful and, and even kid friendly. And so mm-hmm. they have a, the style is very flexible. The aesthetic is very good, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to every level. Like even um, in their early days, they were, they were always very good with aesthetics. Yeah, for sure. Now the, what they what they do poorly choices don't matter in a game about choices <laughs> yeah um that that's got to be fixed and at best the choice is which character will you make die at the end and then we just reuse the same cutscene where everyone's crying but we switch out the character models mhm mm-hmm. now i forget do they not let you save and go back uh i don't I I don't remember. Cause if they did, that's gotta go. But we'll get to that. Um. So <clears throat> the choices don't seem to matter, mm-hmm. and when they do, it's never like. It never feels like it's your actions. It just feels like you're kind of flipping to the page and the Yeti's there. You know, like yeah. it, it never feels like I impacted it because none of my actions up to that point really mattered to mm-hmm. inform a decision that somebody's making. And mm-hmm. then when it comes down to it, they're like, should we kill him or should we fucking try to to not kill him? And, and then a like, lot of the times, even when you say not kill him, he just dies anyway of something else. Yeah, and you're like, oh, all right, fuck, I guess. So that's that's rough. The mechanics themselves are super clunky. Um, oh, yeah. I remember specifically there were large stretches of the Back to the Future game where I was just like wandering around trying to fucking find something and it was like behind a trash can that the camera couldn't get to mm-hmm. because the fixed cameras mm-hmm. and 
I felt like I was playing fucking Universal Studio for the GameCube again. And like, then, and then when they switch, oh, sorry, continue. Oh no, yeah, and then, and then, like, you, there's like no possible way for me to have known that there was something in a particular place yep. until I hit it at just the right angle, and then all of a sudden the camera flips. But then because it's in a new place and my stick is pointing in a different direction, then he goes back and he goes back onto the other screen and then I have to fucking spend three minutes trying to find a little crack in the wall to walk through again. And but so, then when you when they go to the Walking Dead era, the the gaming the gaming is so streamlined that it's you're you're kind of just sitting and pressing a button every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's okay, but like at this point why, why am I not just playing like a visual novel or something? Right. Or like a fucking point and click adventure where I just like look around and wait and hover my mouse until it highlights something, you know? The thing that, that people that I, I feel like people don't understand about Telltale is that they don't really make they don't really make like typical games. They just make very lavishly produced visual novels. Yeah. Which is like, that's fine, but they mm -hmm. got to like lean into it, you know, like. Mm -hmm admit it you know like you're not you don't have to there's so many visual novels where your choices actually affect things yeah so like just just do that and then instead of trying to make things that are like so astronomically well produced that like you can just like cut some corners and just make it a little bit more streamlined and simple and have your choices matter because mm -hmm. they they went to the more streamlined effect where you're just mm -hmm you know, doing quick time events essentially, mm -hmm. but they didn't add choice because they were mm -hmm. working themselves too hard on like 900 projects. So yes. they, 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 they would take on, on like 50 projects at once. So like, yeah, of course if... they wouldn't have the time to implement complex narrative ladders. And also because of the episode system, no matter where, what you choose, you still have to end in the same place. So the next episode can pick up from it. Right. And then like, but then like, if you're, if you're, there's ways to kind of like, you know, I could import my Pokemon from Let's Go Pikachu into Sword and Shield. So, like, there's got to be a way to, like, import choices into the next game. Well, yeah, and but like, you just think think of it think of it like like a tree, right? Yeah. When you, when you make choices, the tree gets wider and wider. By the next yeah. episode, it's so wide that you're essentially making two games in one. It's true. So yeah, just make one game that just goes and just has all the branches inside of it. Just make one game that just goes. And then you can put one out like every year or so. You and don't need it... to be like mass releasing them. It's fine. No, yeah, especially if you add so many choices, the replay value would be so astronomical. You could put one out like every two or three years, and we'd still be playing it by the time the next one comes out. Absolutely. Think about how long it takes for a new Mario to come out. Like it's pretty much always I mean, worth the wait. And people are still playing freaking Undertale and stuff. Like you know, like yeah. it's it's there's when you have replay value, you have replay value. There's two. Mm -hmm. There's two approaches I've found to, to these big games. One, work your workers to death and then make the most complicated open world game possible that mm -hmm. is so in, infinitesimally complex and detailed that you can play it for decades and still find new shit. Or mm -hmm. just make a really robust story that you want to relive and try different things with. Yes. And that's why I'm still playing KOTOR. You know what I mean? Like Yes, so that's, that's what... That's what I feel Telltale needs to do is they need to make small stories with a lot of replayability. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
And I know that the, a lot of people have the argument that a lot of different choices would mean more work, but I mean, I've played a million different, not even counting visual novels, I've played a bunch of different indie games that do the same thing. There's this really good game called uh, Stories, The Path of Destinies, where it's literally like a Groundhog's Day where you're making different choices to try and to try and keep your main character alive and only the main character is aware that he's been redoing the same day and he's like trying to figure shit out. And it's really cool oh. and fun. Then there was the Groundhog Day one, but I don't think that was Telltale. That was just a, a, a VR game. Oh yeah, there was an actual Groundhog's Day game, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. I played it with Penny and Blue and it was... <laughs> We were, it was, it was wild. Um, There's also that one game, what's it called? Where you're like going back in time over and over again to stop different people in a theater from dying. Uh... John Wilkes Booth, the video game. <laughs> no, but I do think that should be Telltale's next project. Absolutely. Um, but no, it's called the fucking, the fucking, I'm literally checking my Steam wish list so I can find it, because cause it's gonna, the sexy brutal, that's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, okay, I like what you just said, though, mm -hmm. of, like, John Wilkes Booth the game. That gave me an idea. Yes. What if Telltale told tales... <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, no, this is their, This is my pitch, okay? Yes. What is Telltale's first project going to be? What like if our Telltale, new Telltale? Yes. Telltale has two branches. Mm -hmm. One is the fiction department mm -hmm. that's telling all of these, like, you know, fantastical Tales. stories about, you know, Back to the Futures and, and Wolves Among Us and Zombies That Walk and mm -hmm. that's one department and they put out their games and they're these big branching stories but then what mm -hmm. if there's an educational department oh yeah yeah what if there what if there's a history department where they tell nonfiction stories and it's basically a it is it is essentially what abstergo is trying to do in the assassins creed games by creating these sort of like interactive storytelling experiences to to walk you through re like different events in history. That and then sounds it can... like it would be very cool and also a good way for Telltale to finally have some original IPs. Yeah, exactly. And then like you can tell stories and it's like for those ones it would be okay for them to kind of fall back on their their old laurels of like the choices not really mattering. But, mm -hmm. like, having you go through these events to experience how things happened or, like, mm -hmm. even how they could have happened and how, you know, and then at the end it'll compare your story to how things actually happened and teach you, like, how yeah. choices and individual actions of people impact history and how it's 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 a whole thing. And I think that would be really cool. And then, like, yeah. you can it, it would be you could do because I'm thinking here, like, how cool would it be if there was a Telltale game? where you played Marsha P. Johnson at the mm -hmm. Stonewall Riots. That would be so cool. And then you get to throw the brick. Ooh. Yeah, you get to throw the shot glass at the window and just yell, like, I ha I got my civil rights and keep going. Like, it's just... Fuck yeah. 
It'd be so tight. And then like, you know, that could be something. And then, yeah, the John Wilkes Booth one. And like you can it, it can go through his life and like when he was like jealous of his brother and all the stuff. And like mm -hmm. you play as John Wilkes Booth and maybe you're constantly trying to stop him from doing it. But then like the course of his life sets him on a trajectory that it's unavoidable. Yeah. And, you're like, and that's it's just it puts you in this helpless position of how time and and destiny and I saw these questions and that'd be really fucking cool and then mm -hmm. that's an easy way to make it gay because then you just finally tell gay stories in a way that's that really need compelling. to be told yeah, yeah. and so, then you can and then they'd all be rated you know whatever t for teen and then high schools can assign them as as like educational material that would be cool. very fun oh my god cool. imagine telltales the oregon trail yeah ex exactly but then, and then the cool teachers would have you have you mm -hmm. do it. Um, yeah. So, that's one thing. But that's that's one idea. My other idea was, what if Telltale did Carmen San Diego? Please. And that's how we make it gay. <laughs> Please. Because Carmen San Diego is the gayest IP. The new the new Carmen San Diego show is really cool and good looking, and I would love to see a video game in that style. Please, mm -hmm. please do it. Please, please, please revive Telltale in this manner. So, what what are you thinking? So, I'm I'm thinking about game mechanics. Mm -hmm. But first, it's commercial time. Ooh, first, let's fix us up some ad spots. We we don't. We don't have any sponsors, but here's some other podcasts from the network. If you're looking for a new movie podcast, try Bach Footage. We all have that friend who has somehow never seen any movies, and if you don't, then you probably are that friend. Either way, Mock Footage is for you. Every Thursday, Ray invents a plot summary for a movie he's never seen, and Joe makes sure he doesn't miss any important details. It's a wild ride, but it's really about sharing fun media with your closest friends. You can find mock footage at LunarLightStudio.com and wherever else you look for podcasts. I want to talk about Netflix and Kill. Mm -hmm. um, Netflix and Kill is a very fun podcast for horror enthusiasts who are ready to plunge into the depths of Netflix to watch spooky movies. Uh, it's hosted by our good friends Kyla, Marty, and Hanny. 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 <laughs> Hannah. Every other Tuesday on Lunar Light Studio. Um, and uh, I've been on it before. I think I did Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which was really, really fun. Um, they are just a real hoot. They're all um, real knowledgeable about film. Uh, they were film majors and such. Um, they, I think a few of them had to stop because of uh, complications but either way they're all very knowledgeable on the subject and they're very passionate about it and they kind of take this spooky horrific genre and make it feel kind of wholesome um Whoa. and uh which is really wonderful so you should check them out uh, uh every other tuesday on lunarlightstudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts um may your nightmares be plentiful they say mm-hmm and here's the one up mushroom. Oh, brilliant. That will pair perfectly with the Phoenix Downs. Ooh, don't don't forget the gamer tears. Ah, yes, of yes. course. Brilliant. Yes. 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 Oh. Oh, come in and sit down. 
Hello, weary traveler. You've come quite far. So let us tell you who we are. We are your best friends. Yes, all three. There's Ray and Joe and Terrence. That's me. We love video games and welcome you to our discussion of why we do. Minecraft, Halo, and Pokemon. Triple A, Indie, and Wizard 101. And while Overwatch is still close to our heart, it's time for new games to play a larger part. So enjoy the gab of We Friends 3 as we unravel game sorcery. Gaming New Horizons can be found on LunarLightStudio.com every other Friday. Mm, and don't forget to add the Mountain Dew Code Red. I drank it all. You didn't save any for our guest. I'm so what sorry. Is this? <laughs> <laughs>
follow the rhythm you know it's it's all when you when you boil it all down it's all puzzles so in this case it's like you have to observe the information so say for example oh i can undo this sandbag and maybe that'll knock out this guy that i think is the is the person so like first off you need to actually observe and make sure that you're gonna untie it at the right time so that it hits Mm. them and second of all, you need to make sure that this is the right guy. And I want it. So if you fail a puzzle, if you fuck up, the game still goes. And yes. it becomes harder. I love this. So say and... say you fuck up the sandbag and it falls down on the stage. Mm-hmm. That's That's scary. It almost hits somebody. Or maybe you fuck up so badly that it didn't hit anybody. Either way someone behind stage is going to be like, what the fuck? And now you have to avoid this dude who's looking for whoever's fucking up. (laughs) And all of it takes place over the course of one One performance. performance. So so it's timed and it's, it's all happening in real time and you have to figure this out. It's all happening in real time and you have to figure, and there are going to be like some, like, for example, I'm going to say if you're looking at an object that stops time and like if you pause so that way you can give yourself a little time to think. Yes, I like that. Because, I have... yeah, I don't want it to be super unforgiving, but I also think that it would be well, very good if you live with like the consequences of fucking up or solving the puzzle And also wrong. it still gives you the potential of being able to pull it out by the skin of your teeth or it gives you the potential to fuck up so badly that, like, it just, it all goes wrong and, like, you get in trouble. Um, But I also want there to be the potential for just a complete dumb luck run where you fuck up constantly, but fuck up in just the right way to where you still succeed. Absolutely. My, My thinking here too is that like after the first run of this game, Mm -hmm. you would probably figure out who done it, right? Yes. And so my thinking is if you get to the end and you fuck up and then like you wind up getting killed by the guy or whatever, uh, then you'd know who it is, right? Mm-hmm. So then you go back to play it again and you're like, ah, now I know who it is. But then what if every time you go back, it's different? I 100% agree with that. Every time you go back, every time you die or get a game over, um, mm-hmm. if it is from, like, if you die because of, like, maybe the sandbag fell on you, then you haven't figured out who did it, you know, you just died, right. then that's one thing. But if the, if the person who knows catches on to you and gets rid of you, then the story resets. And that's another replayability feature, because then you get to find out why would each of these characters have this motivation suddenly, and you find yes. out the the sort of history behind each of these characters. And maybe even one of them, like, their murder plot could inform their backstory when they're the victim, even. Ooh. And then, then the best thing is, right, you go through this, and then let's say there's, like, eight possible mm-hmm. murderers. Mm-hmm. Just to limit ourselves. Yeah. There's eight possible murderers and the game is three hours. It's a three act play. And yes. you you have to get through this whole thing and make it happen. And so you play it over and over. You're trying to do it and it's always different. And eventually after playing it a bunch of times, you will successfully foil the murder 
plans of all eight of them. Mm-hmm. And then you unlock New Game Plus, where Absolutely. you're the murderer. Absolutely. Now you're the killer, and and you now have and to... then it becomes a game of it. Then it becomes fucking Hitman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's not like you know it's not a shoot 'em ups kind of game. It's it's got to be clever because now you know every weapon, every sandbag, every mm-hmm. possible accident that can befall everybody. You know the lay of this stage so perfectly well, but. Everybody thinks you're trying to kill them because <laughs> you're like this creeper who's been snooping around forever. Sleeping and now, as usual, I see. Yes. And then now you're this weirdo who's just been foiling murders in your head the whole time. And now oh, you want like, like, like the, it's contextualized. It's contextualized as the different routes as the, your character going through this in his head as he's figuring out his murder plot. Yeah. And so then you're so this technically the one everybody... where he's the murderer is the true story. Exactly. And that's the big twist mm-hmm. at the end. And then and then gamers talk about it mm-hmm. on YouTube. And they're yeah, like, and what gamers... does the end of to be or not to be really mean? That's a really good title. I know you, I know that was just off the top of your head, but that would be a really good title. Yeah, and they could be doing Hamlet. And yeah. then you get a kind of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead kind of angle. Mm-hmm. Where, like, Hamlet is happening in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's all about death anyway. Yeah. And it's all about death and murder plots in Hamlet anyway. So yeah. it becomes a really cool thing. And then you can have, like, the story that's happening in the game kind of reflect. Like, maybe at some point all of your... your maybe at one point you're, like, you're suspecting, uh, like, somebody who isn't actually guilty. Mm-hmm. And you keep treating them like they're guilty and, like, pursuing them. And you're slowly driving them crazy to the point where, like, they're like Ophelia and they throw themselves off of the rafters or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, like, super – It if you fuck up, like, you fuck up bad because you're, you're dealing in, like, really heavy themes. And yeah. everybody's super stressed because it's, like, opening night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, you. your actions will have, like, legit consequences. And there's, like, so many things that can happen just from, like – when you fuck something up or maybe a plan you concocted doesn't have the results you wanted it to have. Like maybe you think, oh, I'll tell my best boy Jimmy about it. But then Jimmy decides to take matters into his own hands and get himself killed. And now the mm. killer knows that someone's on to him. Zoinks. Zoinks. This is really fun. Yeah. I like that. The ultimate thing that though is like, this is all still in the same style, which I can kind of see in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want everything to be, for lack of a better term, like heavy. Yes. Um, like I want the sandbag to like you're trying to time it out. I mm-hmm. want to give as many opportunities for the player to fuck up as possible. And yes. so like they're trying to time out when to drop the sandbag. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're getting ready. And then they see that the, the the guys that they're trying to drop the sandbag on are right underneath the sandbag. And they're like, okay. And then they press X. But then it's it's like hold X. And the, you have to actually like <laughs> untie the rope. And it opens a mini and game. And it fucks up your you, timing. <laughs> yeah, you, it opens a little mini game. And like you have to fucking try to untie the rope. And oh you're like, God. ah, shit. See, the but best if thing you have about a knife, this game is that... Is that we can fuck with the players so much. 
Yeah, but then if they if they found the knife backstage, mm-hmm. they could just use the knife and cut the rope. But, but then, then, but then, what if they grabbed the prop knife and not a real knife? Exactly. But then, <laughs> if you cut the rope, then people are like, somebody cut the rope. But if you untie the rope, then people are like, oh, it must have come untied. Yeah. So like, so, if you take the easy way out, it it will still make things harder for you. Exactly. You have to be really meticulous. Yeah, which is how you get, like, in order to beat the game completely, you have to get really good at knowing every piece of information available to you, keep mm-hmm. track of it all in a matrix in your head, and then yeah. go through it and try to kill somebody. What I'm, what I'm thinking is that the main character is keeping all of this information in a notebook, right? And mm-hmm. so he, he's, he's writing it all down and, you know, every possible, like, goose like, game. like, oh, if you cut it, this will happen. If you... And and then when you when you've unlocked the true story, what happens is that like you you pan like the you the the he solves the murder right, mm-hmm. and then it, it it all like dissolves into this like sketchy style, and you pan out from the notebook, and the main character like shuts it, and like the camera goes for like a low angle, and then and then the the little text is like, you're ready kill this guy yeah Mm-hmm. and then the game turns into like hitman right and then it's like kill this guy and or then you have to go through simulator and... with with good programming yeah we could probably go... make this game before yonder a simulator is finished <laughs> um yeah you go through and you kill and then it's like you're ready kill this guy and then when you play it again it's like you're ready kill this other person mm-hmm. and it's always one person, yeah. but you have to do it and not get caught. Because mm-hmm. if, if you, you get, you can, because you can just run out on stage and stab a dude. Mm-hmm. But like, you got, you got to do it. Everyone else is it. gonna be after you, right? And they're all already suspicious of you, mm-hmm. and so you're never because really anywhere you've been, because you've been weirdly inspecting everything and mm-hmm. like and writing, writing down notes. the movements of everybody. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, you're never out of people's eyes. So you have to like set things up in ways that you know Ooh. people aren't going to suspect. I thought of I thought of another cool thing. Um, your notebook is a physical object that you have to carry around with you. And mm-hmm. so sometimes you have to set it down when you like if you're untying the ropes, you need to set down your notebook so that you can use both your hands. But mm-hmm. then if you forget about your notebook and someone else finds it and they look in it, then, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You'll just hear a scream or... and then you'll like run towards the scream and then they'll point at you and then everybody starts coming towards you and it's like run and you're like, ah. or, um, or maybe the reaction depends on the character. Like when some characters scream, but maybe if it's like a more clever character, they like they like show it to someone else or, or like maybe another person tries to blackmail you and make you kill somebody else mm-hmm. or maybe the killer finds it and then and then they start to help you and and suddenly you're playing right into their hands but also you could have a friend who finds it and they actually legit help you so then you don't know when someone wants to help you you don't know if they're actually going to help you or not right and then it's also a matter of it gives you like an opportunity and some people freak out and they mm-hmm. hear when they read it and they're just like in- instantly freaked out. Some people will come up to you and be like, what is this? 
and you have the opportunity based on what you know about that character to try to convince them from a series of text bubble options. Yeah, and and you can and the information you find depending on what you've observed and seen will give you more options, but also if you say something that maybe shows you know too much about this person, like some personal mm. information, that's just going to make them even more suspicious and you're going to and you're going to have dug yourself in deeper. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm I like this. Just a reminder that any story or game or whatever idea that we pitch on this podcast, like you guys are totally free to make it as long as as long as you as long as you credit Fido T Goodman. Mhm. Mm you have to credit Fido T Goodman in the game itself. But like if you um, if you want to do to be or not to be, like wouldn't be opposed. Mhm. Mm I would love to play it. Um, love to. Credit Fido T Goodman. We could toss our names in the credits too, but not yeah. as anything important. Like not as I want to be important. I want to be best girl. I want to. I want to be. I want to voice one guy who just goes like, "What?" And then that's it. Yeah, I. I want to. And, be, and I'm in the be... credits in very, very, very small font in really dark colors so that when people are scrolling and they, if they don't look too close or tilt their laptop in the right way they'll be like huh that's weird the space between this block of text is a little bit bigger than this than the other spaces between text i i would love if i was to be in it i would love to be the voice in the in the protagonist's head Ooh yeah the protagonist has like has like an inner monologue yeah. i don't want to i don't want it to be like a um this person's a killer because they're neurodivergent or 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 ill in some way. They're just a I, really I, shitty person. I think they're just like a dark person with dark intentions and that's just what they do. I don't want them to be like obsessive. I don't want it to be explained away like oh they are manic depressive or whatever. Like I no, don't want that's, that's some No, that's shitty. No, I, I want this person to be as fucking I want them if anything I want the protagonist to be a criticism of the typical kind of gamers and, like, have them be, like, some white boy in cell. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the story. Is, like, mm -hmm. they're a totally normal person who should have, you know, everything, but they don't because they have a really, like, myopic worldview. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they... The whole point of this whole thing is them basically, like... The whole point of it is them literally objectifying everyone around them. Yes. And and turning them into these puppets in the game that they're playing and they don't actually yes. they don't actually think about them as like people because mm -hmm. they're too obsessed with their own feelings. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, it just becomes this power game and that's that's what it's about. And it's about it's about how gamers are bad. <laughs> yeah. And and theater is good. <laughs> and theater is good. Quit oh. video games do theater. I can fix that. We just fixed... I think we just fixed video games in general. Um, we fixed video games. The best part about this game is people are going to either love it or hate it. There's going to be no in-between. Yes. There's yes. going to be zero people who are like, oh, yeah, I played, I played it a little bit. It was all right. Um, There's going to be people who are, who are like, this is the best fucking game ever. 
look at these awesome representations of various different kinds of people. Also, so much representation in this so game. So much. Every, I mean, they're theater kids. They're going to be yeah. gay. They're going to be oh, people yeah. of color. They're going to be... I want... Be... And also, like, there's techies, because it's not just the people who are in Hamlet. Yeah, it's, it's also not just the, the, the theater techs. You got you got the, yeah. the, the weed-smoking dude who, like, if he finds your notebook, he just, like, draws, like, a little stick man who's, like, waving at you in it. Smoking a blunt, yeah. Smoking, like, a blunt in one hand and his other hand is, like, waving at you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's like a false alarm. You see you see that someone moved your notebook and you're like, fuck, and you open it up and it's like 69. It's a weed number. And you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But then also there's going to be like 700 think pieces from the manosphere I that know. are just like That's how you know you've made something good when when the manosphere yeah. has something to say about it. Oh yeah, and then Roosh V comes out and he's like this game ruined video games and this Shakespeare. Game ruined Shakespeare. And you're like I'm what? <laughs> what? The little white cuck skull. <laughs> the, the little white cuck notebook. <laughs> oh my golly. Oh my god. This is phenomenal. 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 Little white cuckball. <laughs> little white cuckball. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's that's I I was I was planning on just proposing a a example of what gameplay could be like, but then we just made a game, huh? Yeah, I think we just made a game, and so it's I think it hits all the points. It's it's for mm -hmm. mature audience. Mm -hmm. It is heavily story based, not so much like you know action gameplay based. Your choices mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. um, there's really complex and like vivid characters. There's like uh, logic puzzles, so you are still playing a game. And you know what? Honestly, let's mm -hmm. make this college. Yeah, no, I, was, I, don't... I was about to say like when I when I meant when I was saying kids, I meant like eighteen to like early twenty year olds. I yeah, don't want this actual is... teenagers. Yeah, that's I don't that's wanna, that's. I don't want a Danganronpin. I don't um, want a Danganronpin, both in terms of teenagers killing each other and also in terms of of the bad gender politics. Yeah, exactly. So let's you know we're not gonna do a Danganronpin, uh, a dangled rompa. Um, mm -hmm. What we're going to do instead, they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be like. It's actually, like a college theater. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted, however, to be like, what if it's like local theater? Because then you get a wider range of ages and people. But I think college age is fine because then college, it's, it's college kind of works going. better because then it can be the internal drama of like people in their classes and stuff. And that's how they yeah. can know this stuff about them. And it'll be And then it's easier. also like. It's closer to the age of the target demographic as mm -hmm. well, so it's a mm -hmm. little bit more um, relatable stuff. And also, like, it's no one really younger than that is going to be playing it or should be playing it. Yeah. Um, and I think and we should people... also. No, sorry. Continue. I guess. Well, and then people who are older than that are um, are perfectly capable of remembering <laughs> what it was like to be that age. Mm-hmm. So. I, I, I was going to say, I think we should also 
like hitman it where we add a fun layer of stupid that you can do and succeed at if only to sort of help because you know what makes hitman games fun and not horrifying is the fact that you're doing so much you can do so much stupid shit to get the job done like I'm like steal a mas- myself as a disco ball. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow this guy's mascot costume. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna be on the fashion show, like pose as a model. Like those are things yeah. you can actually do in the Hitman games. Yeah, which is just hilarious. I mm-hmm. I think that that's really great. I also want I want there to be like a bunch of fucking unnecessary mini games, yes. like a not a not untying mini game, yeah. and like a there maybe there's a mini game where you actually have to run the lights for the yes. show, and like, like that's how you get in. You're a theater tech kid, yeah. And so like there's like it's like a Simon Says game where like the lights light up on the board and you have to click them and then that's when you switch the lights as people walk across the stage, you know? Maybe and, maybe you can choose what job you're doing as a stagehand to act as like your starting point. And it doesn't affect the story, but it does affect like what your job is what people are going to be expecting you to do. Right, and where you're going to be. And, and like, like so what you're going to each... have access to do and what looks suspicious when you mess with it and stuff like that. Yeah. And that way you're, you know, no one role allows you to do everything perfectly and no mm-hmm. one role is easier than the others. They all have advantages. Like mm-hmm. being the lighting person, you're always above everybody so you can see down because you're in the rafters. But, but you if you're also any don't other... have access to tools. And if you go down to explore, people are going to be like, what the fuck? Get back up there. Exactly. And so you you're able but you also are up in the rafters so like you have a vantage point and you you have have... a really good view of where everyone is at all times exactly so like that's a that's an interesting one and then you're like you can be like a stagehand and then you're down on the ground and you have tools and stuff but like you have to be certain places at certain times Mm -hmm. and like move sets and Mm -hmm. like you know interact with the actors and make sure people are miked and Mm -hmm. then you know but also, like, you're amongst people, so people always have their eyes on you. Yeah. Um, but then there's, like, can... stupid shit you can do. Like, you could bring up the... You could, like, trick the, the pot man into climbing up there and just sort of hanging out and smoking weed. And so when people look up, they see someone up there and they think it's you, but it's just the, it's just the pot man. <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah, there's ways for you to get around everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, you know, but you have to be clever about it. And you have yeah. to find different ways to do it yeah and so like there i think yeah there's like a few different ways to make it make your way in and ultimately it's just about like Mm -hmm. you pick the way that you go about your story and how to play it because then you can then there's like you know light light tech runs where like Mm -hmm. you go through all eight of the possible murderers and then your own murder all as a light tech and then there's another run where you go through it all as a stagehand and you don't have to you know edit you don't have to add in as a you know as a uh programmer like much more to get all of this it's, it's just, just gonna be like your starting areas. kits like where you start yeah, it's just different areas in the the little this tiny little theater and it all mm-hmm. happens inside the theater it's not any bigger than that mm-hmm. it's you just have to map the theater and the rafters and like the the audience and then the backstage and, and the stage and there can be wonderfully stupid ways to fix your mistakes. Like maybe you knock unconscious the wrong guy, so now you gotta pretend to be him in the play. Right. And then you have to go out, and then it's a matter, then 
the thing is like you have to you're on stage and then bubbles come up with timers and you have to pick the correct next line yeah and, and so now it's y- like do you know if you know hamlet then you have an advantage but if not then you're fucked because you're because you're because th- you're a techie you didn't read the script right but you can open the script on your phone in real life and like try to fucking do it or you can try to like wing it and, and I, like like if people see you on your phone then that's bad but you could do just like a really quick glance like if someone's standing in front of you or something right and then um yeah and then like that's the thing but then the other thing is if you have been like listening in the background as the play's been going on you can have that advantage if you've been yeah. paying attention. Yeah. You and can. so then you're it's just that's just another level of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. This is a fun game. I wanna play it. And and I also want in in the vein of Hitman to be the for the main character to be this very stoic, self serious like basically he acts like an anime protagonist and every other mm-hmm. character notices this and comments on what a fucking weirdo he is. Yeah, down to the fact that, like, down... Like, everybody, know, like, comments on how weird he is, and then, um... Like, you can even fucking... overhear conversations, like, dude, I think he was watching me. Oh, my God, he creeps me out so much. And then and then Pot Guy's like, who, Sasuke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our main character and is they're just like, Sasuke. And they're like, listen... Yeah, they're like, what? What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, you don't watch Naruto? Man, it's crazy. Kid's got this fucking hair it's wild oh my god (laughs) he turns into he turns into a lot of himself and sometimes these girls it's it's fucking crazy man (laughs) and you're like what (laughs) you're like but should you be somewhere oh yeah (laughs) and it's like a ragtag team too it's like it's not like a big budget production but it's like this is fun. Yeah, this would be oh, really and fun. Then, and then there should be a secret mode, which is also canon, where you play as Weed Man and you stop Sasuke from doing the murder. Yeah, but the problem is you have a notebook as well, and all it is is doodles, and there's no information that's available to you. <laughs> Nothing. You just go around and you have to remember shit, but the problem is everything's in different places, mm-hmm. and... Most of the stuff that you find, you just, you click on it and he's like, ah, neat. And then you can't pick it up. <laughs> he just notices it and moves on. <laughs> and so you're at a, a crazy disadvantage because you're just wandering around. And the other thing is he never stops walking. He you never just have stops to steer walking. Him. He never yeah, you, stops walking. You can't make him move faster or slower or stop. <laughs> you can only steer him. And so he's, he's like a horse that's just like wandering around and you have to steer him around and he'll like comment on stuff as he passes by. And every once in a while you can make him stop only to like do something he has to do or pick up something specific. And like if you think you can make an observation, then like that's just a waste of time because he's just going to be like, huh. Yeah. And then the and then you can't keep track of anything in the game, so you would have to do it out of the game. But the other thing is he's constantly moving, so you can't like put the controller down to write a note down because he'll just walk out on stage. And then the other best part is there's no timer on on his speech bubbles because it never cuts away from like the normal third person camera. Mm-hmm. Because so what happens is as you walk by somebody, a po- like the option to say something will pop up. 
and you have to act really quickly and figure out which one you want to say because if you walk past them, they disappear, and so you can't say it anymore. And so every time you walk past somebody, you go, hey, man, and they go, yeah, what's up? And then if you walk too far and don't pick, he goes, I forgot, and then he just keeps walking. And that's how it is when you play normal mode, too. He's just constantly walking around, and he's always circling yeah. people when he's talking to them. And you're, and you're like, just what wondering the why the... Why the fuck does this guy do that? And then you get to be him and you're like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and when you play as Weedman and you stop the main character, that's the canonical ending. Yeah, that's the real canon ending is that you have to. But it. But the thing about Weedman is like he can't do anything on purpose. Mm-hmm. So it will have to be an accident. The- you will have to literally like trip Weedman into the rope and cut it and it falls on Sasuke. And then it's, yeah. and that's it. And that's 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 the fun thing about the story is that the story isn't about this kid who wants to murder people. It's about weed man stopping a kid who wants to murder people completely by accident. <laughs> completely that's by the, accident. Yeah. The moral of the story is um incels have no rights. Gamers are bad and legalize uh, weed. Weed men are harmless. <laughs> weed men are harmless. <laughs> that's the that's the moral of the story mm-hmm. and then yeah and then i think that's the then the sequel i think is uh we'll we'll do something else and we'll have i would like to have one where you play as like girl detective trying to solve a series of murderers and it's like mm-hmm. it winds up being sasuke but later in Ooh, his life yeah that would be fun um, he's he's trying to kill Weedman for embarrassing him, <laughs> and you yeah. have to save Weedman. Yeah, and that's the canonical <laughs> ending. And then you have to save Weedman, but Weedman is really obnoxious. Oh my god! And then you have to no 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 no. Weedman <laughs> winds up becoming like a famous musician or something, and then just like by happenstance. But he's and still so then exactly you... the same, even though it's been like a twenty year time skip yeah and so what it is now is you're at a concert that weed man is performing at and he hired you as his like big buff lesbian bodyguard and so you're his big buff lesbian bodyguard now and you have to like constantly keep an eye out for something because you heard that like a death threat came in and it's this it's the sasuke kid who's constantly trying to kill weed man but he's really good at covering his tracks and you know it's him but you can't prove it and so it's constantly you trying to prove or catch him doing something and now you uh, know what this isn't this isn't a sequel this is just a dlc campaign that you can get yeah DLC, and then it takes place in in the same theater because Weedman came back to play a concert for his old his alma mater. Because and he's actually like he's actually like a really nice guy, even though he's this world famous musician now. He still remembers yeah. where he came from. And the best and thing about else. it is Weedman continues to walk around constantly, <laughs> even and as you he's as the performing. bodyguard. Yeah, and you as the bodyguard have to follow him around backstage when he's in the green room and stuff. And like that's and like he'll wind up in the rafters and shit and you're like, Weed man, why are you up in the rafters? Man? How the fuck he he'll be like a cat where if you take your eyes off him for a second, he'll just appear places where he absolutely yeah. shouldn't be. And that's that's a pro and that's an actual that's not like a, a weird bug. It's like a proper mechanic. If you take your eyes off of Weed Man for like more than five seconds, 
the game will randomly position him somewhere <laughs> else in the theater. And then you look back and he's gone and then you'll like be like, where the fuck? And then he's up in the fucking rafters. And the only way you can find him is by either... Is, no, the only way you can find him is by activating a secret smell sense that shows a path of weed smoke up to his location. So you have to sniff him out. And it's like fucking eagle vision in the Assassin's Creed games. Oh my god. That's so good, though. And this was a demonstration of their new mechanics and also our new Telltale's first game. To be or exactly. not to be. To be or not to be. And the DLC is to weed or not to weed. The DLC is to weed or not to weed. And it's going to be $4.20. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Fucking what a good game. What a good game. <laughs> somebody please somebody please fucking make this. Please make this. I I I would be happy to help if you make this. At this point, I just want to make a visual novel and do it. But the the problem is that with a visual novel, you wouldn't have the fun of having to wrangle weed man I know. constantly walking around. You just have his sprite, like, meandering across the screen. Can we get fucking... What's that studio that makes those low-poly horror games? Fucking... Oh, I have no idea. What is their name again? I know, I know, I know... Like they did, they did like babysitter bloodbath, like these, like these, like low poly horror games that are based on or that are inspired by like, like cheap slasher films. I have no idea. It's a puppet combo. Let's get puppet combo, and we'll do it in a low poly art style so that we can have all of these interactables. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, and it'll be great because it's all it'll also be nothing like what Puppet Combo normally does. So people are gonna be like, what the fuck? But then they play it and they're and it's great. Whomst? Whomst? Winst? Winst? Wherst? Um Yeah, I think we done fixed the telltale. I think we definitely went and fixed Telltale. Yeah, and yeah, this is the, the we got the history games, and then we got the the new mechanics, and this is how it do. Mhm. This is how so it the do. The history games, the history games, kind of play like old Telltale, mm -hmm. where the choices don't super matter, but it gives you the feeling of like you're and making you decisions like, that, and you can like learn you, more information about things. Exactly, it gives you like possibilities and options mm -hmm. and information, and it's very informative and fun and educational. And then the other one is the fucking to be or not to be. And then, I don't know, to be like, just this fucking lightning round real quick of like, mm -hmm. you know, to be or not to be is a murder mystery in a theater. And then uh, we'll do another one that's like. Um, they do always movie. license shit. What could their what could their next? Though I do think that they should license less because, yeah, that, that would give oh, them more stranger things. Freedoms. They were going to do Stranger Things. They should do Stranger Things, and then you're a bunch of kids, and there's a monsters, and it's fucking spooky as hell. And it's in the Stranger really Things universe, stakes. but it's not the main character, so that way they, they can actually have some stakes in it. Yeah, exactly. And so that's the that's that. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it's just a different place. 
and like the same kind of you know government is happening there and like because there's all kinds of other characters maybe it follows those uh those weird punk teens Mm -hmm. from pittsburgh you know what should really be cool telltale's gravity falls yeah, Gravity Falls. They do That'd they do excellent. like 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 it takes place after the series Dipper and Mabel are coming back after, you know, for another summer and they just they fucking they solve another mystery and this can be one that they actually can do episodically. It can be like like almost like a Gravity Falls mini series with with like different mysteries every episode. Yeah, and you bring back the guy and you bring back the everybody and yeah, it becomes a whole thing. Yeah. That'd be delightful. That'd be delightful. And then, um, ooh, ooh, I don't know. Uh, one. How about? Because I just looked up on my on my reference shelf and I saw a, a book of Grimm's fairy tales. What about one game where you play as like someone who can like go into the storybook and swap shit around? And you're trying, mm. so like, so like, you're like, huh, well, maybe if I put the Huntsman in Cinderella, then he can go ahead and just get Cinderella out of there just real quick. And so like, oh. and so like, it's a fun logic puzzle where you're like swapping around characters in these different stories, just sort of fucking around with fate, trying to save as many people as possible. That's really fun because then it kind of becomes this like real time strategy almost thing Mm -hmm. of like where you're like moving things around or even like you you basically what happens is you put the pieces together Mm -hmm. and then you watch the story and there's really no interaction with the story. It's just a bunch of possibilities that interact with one another and and you can just like it's like cards. You can like shuffle the cards and see what happens. That's how it should be played. It should be like almost like almost like tarot cards, but like they have a tarot card esque style. But they're these different characters and these different pieces. And mm-hmm. every time you like you start with maybe maybe you start with like Snow White, but and you have a couple of cards from Red Riding Hood, or it's like. And they're like, there's like archetypes and there's characters. And so it's like the villain, like what if, the love what if interest. Snow White, instead of going to the dwarves, goes to a wolf and just becomes this yeah. badass wolf girl. And then it's like, it's like the, the, the hero, the love interest, the villain, the sidekicks mm-hmm. and um, the wild card. And that's you have those those spaces, and you have a bunch of cards. Mm-hmm. Maybe it can even just be a card based game. I think like, that's like, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you it with has like RFID like, cards. It has like a very cool like I'm thinking like a like it could be a game that's on like phones and tablets and also on PC. And it's like you have a number of cards that they look like tarot cards, but they're the, they're the characters, and you see. And you have, like, the text of the story. And what you can do is you remove one thing and you just swap in one of your characters. And then yeah. when, you've, when you've done your swaps, you just, let the, you just let the story play. And it's in this very cool, like, 2D, like, moving illustration style. Yeah, and then, like, the text comes up on the screen and, Maybe like, we even have, like, a narrator who narrates, like, every possible, like, story. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then it'd be a lot of a lot of combinations. It would be pretty, 
pretty expansive stuff. But if it's such a simple game, like we can spend a lot of time in that level of polish. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is I would want to leave it, leave the engine like really accessible so people yeah, could Yeah, so there mod could be cool like mods to get like yeah, different and you stories. Can, like, and then it's like Snow White rounded the corner and there wielding a shotgun was Hatsune Miku! Hatsune Miku! <laughs> And it's just like people just start like modding in whatever they want, and then it's just Ooh, this really cool, and, and infinitely maybe, customizable thing. Maybe the game even gives you the possibility to record your own voiceovers. Yeah, that would be really fun. That would be very fun. And then it encourages like creativity and stuff. Mm -hmm. That'd be really cool. And then it would be like there would I think there would be um like a kind of kid friendly version, and it's like various stories that you can buy and then you can use whatever cards you have and plug them in mm -hmm. and so if you have like the m-rated cards that are like you know santa with a gun or something you know we should definitely then... release a set that's santa with a gun and also multiple wolf cards so you can just make every character the big bad wolf yeah and then like you have there's like an m-rated set with like more, you know, murdery or sexy or whatever mm -hmm. people and characters. And then there's like a kid-friendly batch and mm -hmm. the, all the stories are generally the same. Mm -hmm. They're like they're like grim fairy tales. And so you can put whatever you want into those stories. And so the kids can be like SpongeBob is is the dwarves and the SpongeBob and Patrick help Snow White. Yeah, like um, we could we know. could make like like sponge a SpongeBob tie-in where like you're messing with SpongeBob episodes and seeing what could happen. Like fun stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's dead simple. And it's dead simple and that that could be that could be Telltale's fun little cash cow that like gives them like the the money to make stuff like to be or not to be. Exactly. And so they wind up, they have this little cash cow that they're constantly licensing new stuff mm -hmm. to get new card batches and new stories. Mm -hmm. And it's just constantly running and it's just, it has an infinite shelf life. Mm -hmm. And then they, they like update it every once in a while with new graphics or something mm -hmm. um, or release some kind of special event pack. Yeah. And then like, you know, get a bunch of money and then they make masterpieces like to be or not mm -hmm. to be or like they go and make some crazy thing about like, I would love nothing more than to have just a really simple walking sim type telltale game mm -hmm. about being a trans kid. Yeah. And just like, it's just like a, it's real, it's kind of sad, but it's also hopeful and like, and it has a lot of indie real... music with a lot of guitars. Yeah. And there's like, it's pretty brutal at mm -hmm. times. And then there's other like really cool and, and there's various different endings and it kind of, really serves to kind of tell the po like different possibilities mm -hmm. of that kind of a life and mm -hmm. being like the, certain opportunities and certain things and it's always kind of random and that's part of the the art of it mm -hmm. becomes like you know you never know how people will react and there's a there's a real element of fear and it could really serve to make yeah. people empathize oh another um, another thing that our telltale should release the tale teller where it's literally <laughs> just their their old like walking dead ass engine with all of their old models and animations and voice clips and stuff 
and it gives you the ability to put in your own models and your own audio and your own artwork and you can just make your own Walking Dead style Telltale game. That would be delightful. That would be very fun and cool, and I feel like it's like a yeah, it's like a Mario Maker, like a Mario like, Maker, but with Telltale stuff. It wouldn't be hard yeah. to be able to just plug your shit in, you know, to make just like a mm -hmm. fun, funky little engine that people can play with. Now, I do feel like, and this is something that we should definitely touch on with our with our rapid fire game pitching, is mm -hmm. uh. The possibility for horror games. Mm. I feel like this gives us a lot of possibilities for some very cool horror games. Like maybe a, a like maybe a Halloween licensed game where you're just playing through the story of Halloween, like shit like that, or like yeah, like what what could be an idea for a cool like horror game that our Telltale mm. could make. Pigeon. Pigeon. A pigeon cat. A pigeon oh. cat. Yeah. What if? What if it's? What if it's like? Your cat is trying a, to kill you. Yeah. What if it's a take <laughs> on like Goose Game, but like you're the people and there's this like horrifying. Like a like, like a. Ma, Cujo. there's a really weird fucking cat outside. Ma, there's a weird fucking cat outside, and your cat is trying to kill you. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, well, that's one idea. But like, as far as like horror, I always have been a. <laughs> she's so cute. Oh baby. I've always been a fan of. Um, I've always been a fan. Not there's so much zombie stuff out there, and mm -hmm. I feel like even until dawn kind of falls into that category of like there's some big, you know, bad monstery thing. Mm -hmm. I think the a, the a better horror game and um. Uh, Darkest Dungeon, I feel like, does this, and mm -hmm. Amnesia to a certain extent. Um, love Amnesia. Uh, Don't love the where sequel. Where you're, you're, you're the bad guy, mm -hmm. and you're slowly losing yourself to some kind of corruption Ooh. that is gradually making you do horrible things, and the whole game is you trying to stop yourself, but Ooh. there's no way for you to stop yourself because then you wind up with like a Bioshock kind of a thing where it's like you're the bad guy, but you know this from mm -hmm. the start. Mm -hmm. You know from the start that this is happening to you mm -hmm. and you want to stop it and your whole mission for the whole thing is like I have to, I can't give into this and mm -hmm. you have dialogues with yourself and like this dark arbiter that you're carrying inside of you and like it's not, it's never made clear what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, all you know is that you are powerless to stop it, and the real horror of the game is you can't win. You always lose. That That's pretty good, and I did have an idea that was along that vein, albeit it is a very crazy and very stupid idea. An adaptation mm -hmm. of M. Night Shyamalan's Devil, where you play as oh. every single character, including the devil... And the in outcome, the elevator? Yeah, and the outcome is whatever you want it to be. That is excellent. Like, you can I, you I, can just let everyone get killed by the devil, but maybe you want some spicy. Maybe you want them to find the devil somehow, but you gotta guide these stupid, stupid people to figuring it out. <laughs> I, I love that. I also love... Um, 
I I love the idea of it being something along the lines of like I kind of want like in this game that I'm talking about of mm-hmm. like the corruption, I want it to slowly become more fun. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's scary. She's scared. There is <laughs> Did you hear that? I did. It was a little um, So but like uh, uh, there's something people talk about like there is this um, one Lovecraft story that you're reminding me of. I can't I I I think it's like the people of Innsmouth or something. Yeah, the Innsmouth the Innsmouth people. Um It could be it's not like the title, but Well, but similar to that where like y- the character is just sort of slowly be because I do think that 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 is definitely one of my greatest fears is losing right. autonomy and just being yeah, and- like a captive while my body acts without me. So it, but the most insidious yeah. part of the whole thing, right, mm-hmm. is that the game starts and it's a lot of like dialogue and a lot of reading mm-hmm. and like you're going through and reading these papers and books and like figuring out what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And then gradually as the game goes on, mm-hmm. it starts offering you these choices mm-hmm. and the choices that are good choices that would lead you to like figuring out a redemption for yourself are really tedious and boring mm-hmm. and the choices that are evil and you giving into your corruption are super fucking fun. And so as the mm-hmm. game goes on, you are more and more drawn towards the more fun and pleasurable aspect and you yourself as the player feel yourself being corrupted by the game into doing more and more heinous acts and, that- and it's like conditioning you. And that's really good. And that is one thing that uh, I didn't really like about Undertale is that they made it easier and more fun to be good when in reality, it's usually easier and more pleasurable to be a bad person. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to do the right thing. Yes. And not everybody can do evil in such a way that is like redeemable. And like, Mm -hmm. so it, it becomes this wild ride of like you having to rectify with yourself like what does this mean about me as Mm -hmm. the player Mm -hmm. and like and then oh and then we get the extra bonus juicy tidbits of like bill o'reilly and shit going Mm -hmm. being like this is conditioning our children to be deviants and murderers and like being like yeah (laughs) yeah that's what the game is about it's it's, it's about moron. what happens when you let yourself give in to your urges. Cause like, and it's it's just this frank analysis of like the the darker thoughts that we all kind of entertain from time to time, and mm-hmm. and at our weakest might give in to, mm-hmm. and like the the and I think it like I don't think you do like truly. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't think you do like truly fucking horrific, terrible things. I think it's even less that. I think it's even less like direct. Like you're not. I don't want it to be a murder or like you know just, something. You're just making the people around you miserable. I think it's actually different. I really? think you're. Yeah. In, I think you're encouraging people to be worse versions of themselves oh you're like you're like by your own recklessness you're encouraging other people to be just as awful and it's making life harder for everyone yeah and it just it's this branching 
like it's like a virus that spreads out from you and this corruption this like taint of your morality is so intoxicating to you that the people around you in your life in this game see you doing this and the other thing is you can directly encourage them to do it as well and that's part of it is like mm -hmm. on one hand if you're just giving in to your urges and doing these horrible things then that's one thing and people will kind of be drawn to that life but you can also directly stoke that fire mm -hmm. and like sow discord and make people cheat on each other and like, you know, make people run away or give up on their dreams or mm -hmm. do something horrible or like be selfish and and like you're you're making all of this happen. And as it goes, you have like this maybe you have like a corruption meter of like, you know, like how corrupted you've become. And as you get worse and worse and worse, there are less options for you to do the right thing so, until you're just helpless. So I'm not sure about a corruption meter, but I am thinking of the UI changing as your character changes. Ooh, yeah. It's even, yeah, because then it's less, then it's less obvious that what mm -hmm. we're doing. The but, UI slowly changes and you get less options to do the right thing. And I'm thinking that we frame it in such a way that you've, that like, it seems like maybe your character's being possessed, but in the end, there are no supernatural, like, entities. You've chosen to be a bad person and give in to your intrusive thoughts, and this is just what happens. Yes. And this is just what happens when you choose to be selfish mm -hmm. and, and hateful mm -hmm. and let negativity run your life. Mm-hmm. And it starts with something really simple. It starts with something super duper simple of like like if you your... if you pick up mo or if you pick up milk for your sister or something. Yeah, or like you you're tasked with like picking somebody's kid up or something, but you have somewhere else you want to be, mm -hmm. and so like then the kid winds up being left out after school in the rain or something, and, and then they, they like... get sick. And then, but then you can encourage their parents to be like, like, really like, like, not pay attention to their kid. Yeah. And be like, why do you constantly let this kid run your life anyway? The kid's going to grow up and be dependent on you. You should just let the kid fend for himself. He and I mean, walked home. And I mean, like the, the, the parent would have to be like kind of a bad person already to be, to be able to fall for that. But maybe that's the point that they have the chance well, yeah. to be better but you are not like letting them have that chance. You're actively encouraging them to give in to their bad, their worst traits because it's just easier. And I think at first it starts with it's not you directly being like, "Ooh, yes, I'm going to make you evil." I think it's just it's you, just like, you making selfish decisions without thinking about it. Yes, and you you're making selfish decisions, and then when you're confronted about it, you justify yourself. And when you justify yourself, the people you're justifying yourself to are like, huh, that's not a bad point. Yeah, because they're also bad people and they also want to justify their own actions and their own thoughts and they don't want to think of themselves as bad people. And I don't think it's anybody's bad or not. I think everyone's just people and the they most horrifying the thing about bad, it. And they're just not wanting to put in the effort to be like to be better to yeah. those around them. And ev nobody's perfect. No one starts perfect. Everybody has something going mm -hmm. on that's like, like, and I wouldn't say irredeemable, mm -hmm. but like bad. You're like, oh, that's a shitty thing you do. Maybe there's um, even like, like some characters that like they start following you, but then maybe they meet someone else off screen and they get better and they leave you because they've realized yeah. how, how 
how toxic you've become. Oh my gosh, I would love I would love nothing more because I'm, you know, as somebody who's in like a 12 step recovery program for mm-hmm. uh, drug abuse, mm-hmm. I would love if somebody was in um, like one of the people you're trying to corrupt is like a drug addict and you're just enabling them because you want to use too. But then and... they go to a support group and they cut you off. Yeah. And then they get clean and then you like try to contact them and they're like, I'm trying to purge people from my life. And then the real... The most horrifying ending is if you give in so heavily to all of your dark urges, people will start to kind of be better or or they'll die or they'll go off on their own. And eventually what happens is you're alone. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, the worst ending is you're alone. I think I think a lot of endings should lead to if not being alone, then just like. They're they've just gone so far that like they just they they can't even experience happiness from these small time pleasures that because I think that's that's the thing that the way that I look up at it is that doing good things is like a long term investment and doing bad things is like giving into simple pleasures. If you yeah. if you're good to other people, then that's putting more positivity out there. And even if it doesn't work right away at the end it'll all stack up and you'll it'll make things better and happier for everyone and they'll be more fulfilled but if you're only ever yeah. giving into simple pleasures you're never going to be fulfilled you're never going to yeah. have happiness that lasts for longer than however long you can taste a potato chip oh my gosh cuz like you know at that point you have nothing you have no depth you know yeah, no, you're just like a shell of who you were. Mm-hmm. But like, it's, uh, yeah, I think there's like, mm-hmm. just it just becomes, a, there, there's going to be like, there's got to be like mechanics, right? Like, absolutely. That you have and like, yeah. And like, uh, you know, a happy, you know, not even like meters, but like, there's got to be like, maybe you can even like gamify it like just the way the world looks and like the worse you get and the more unhappy you get like the less saturation there is in the world that's what i'm thinking is like the saturation goes down and then doing simple pleasures like will like instant like gratification bad desires and stuff it'll make it bright again but it'll make it just a little oversaturated so it kind of hurts your eyes a bit yeah, and then that fades quicker. And quicker and every time and you do it, it gets every time you do something worse, it gets brighter and then fades even quicker. And then constantly you're just falling into this thing and then eventually like it starts falling so you you lose all the color mm-hmm. and the only bursts you get is like it increases the contrast and then the contrast goes down and then it gets blurrier and blurrier and hazier and hazier until mm-hmm. you're just lost in this void space. And there's nothing except you and your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the the horrible alone ending is you just you burned out your your happiness by being a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And now there's nothing left for you. And then mm-hmm. the true like the happy ending is like you do these hard things that might actually even inconvenience you. But like or... when, it, when it makes the, the thing the world more brighter, it like stays. Yeah. And then, like, even it if it's starts... so little at a time, it stays. 
And that's the other thing is like it starts off and there's like a bunch of bad shit that happens to mm -hmm. you. And you're trying to do good things, but people are terrible to you. Mm -hmm. And you're so tempted to give in to your baser desires, but you just keep trying to take the high ground. Mm -hmm. And the world gets like less and less saturated and then it's gray and then it starts to fade and you're like in a depression. Mm -hmm. But you've been helping people this whole time and then you ask for help and people come to your aid. Mm -hmm. And like there's all these people that like you put so much time and effort into being just this good person and a good force in the world. And they're like, we don't want to see you suffer mm -hmm. because you're just, you shine so brightly. And then like the good ending is like a fucking, it's a wonderful life. Everybody shows up and brought money. <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. should all acquaintance be forgot? Or like, or um, like you move in with like, there's this one person who you don't even like know them when you first help mm. them. Maybe they're even they're like they're they're on the street and you just give them like a 20 because you just yeah. you just felt bad for them. But because of that, they were like they were able to get a job and they were able to because they were able to get like a haircut and then they could get a job and then they could like get the help they needed and like move into like an apartment and shit. And then by the this end, you're moving is... in with them. This is essentially it's a wonderful life. This is kind of it's a wonderful life. <laughs> Basically, what we're saying is like, what if it, we just live this person's life and they spend so much time like mm -hmm. either they spend a bunch of time giving back to people around them selflessly. And then eventually at their worst moment, it all comes back mm -hmm. and helps them and bolsters them and they they they're they're saved. Mm -hmm. Or they spend their life being an absolute bastard, and then when they're neat, that the the story is always the same, and like the same mm -hmm. beats will happen, mm -hmm. and eventually something terrible will happen in both like eventualities. But and when you're a the bastard, one no one is there for you. Yeah, and then you just lose all hope. And like, and that that's like like I I think the grand like theme of this game would be like. You and your actions matter, whether you like it or not. Yeah, just like It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. Damn, I fucking love that movie. I've never seen I wanna it. I want to do a quick... Uh, well, if you've never seen it, I, I, here's a quick pitch. I, I know, we I know a, how the story goes. Well, no, here's a quick pitch. for We did a we did our own version here on Lunar Light oh, yeah? for this past holiday special. Yeah, and I played um, Jane Bailey, and mm -hmm. I made we made her a trans girl. And, Very good. Um, and I really like our version, and it's really good, and it follows the story beats of the original, but it's kind of more modern and gay. Mm -hmm. uh, it's basically if you, if we I can fix that, it's a wonderful life. Um, and uh, yeah, so you should check that out. It's called uh, What I Wished For. It's on. It's under the feed. Um, make the Yuletide gay. Um, I'm definitely gonna check so. that out. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, I think we fixed Telltale, huh? I think we fixed Telltale pretty, pretty thoroughly. And I feel like this is an instance where I'm really going to have to emphasize, like, if y'all want to steal our ideas, you are free to. You just need to credit yes, please. Fido T. Goodman. And tweet at us at um, our Twitter, which is I Can Fix Podcast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
which every time I say it, I think it, I feel like it's a, it's a, uh, one of those cat memes. Oh God damn <laughs> it! I I can see it now. I can fix podcast. No. Um, <laughs> so um. Yeah, and you can follow us there if you want any information about when our episodes come out or just to, to hear our thoughts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or you can uh, tweet at us your suggestions um, mm-hmm. for things that we should uh, fix. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, yeah. And yeah. And um, do we have anything uh, else that we got to do? As I I think we've done it. So uh, my it. my name is Red Van Buskirk. You can follow me at, at Red Buddy. I am also working on developing a webcomic called Pulse. You can check that out on the Patreon. Even if you don't want to contribute money, you can still follow the Patreon, and all updates on the series will be free. So yeah. Um, and I am Haley Rose. Uh, you can follow me at Hey Stews on Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. and you can listen to my other projects. I do Badvertising here on Lunar Light Studio. I do Comradical here on Lunar Light Studio. And, uh, newly released, we're doing Shirley U Quest, which was a D&D, uh, actual play podcast. But because of, uh, political reasons, we are no longer going to be playing D&D. And instead, our DM, uh, Ryan Mitchum, uh as you all might know as Chongo Show, uh, is creating a new game system from scratch to do the, the story with. Uh, so thankfully, Ryan's a game developer. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool of him to do. And so we're, um, we are still releasing episodes that of our backlog that we recorded uh, while we were still playing D&D. But after the first kind of eight episodes, we're going to continue forward uh with a new system so yeah uh you can listen to that every every other friday alternating with this one Mm -hmm. uh with i can fix that and yeah and yeah um don't forget to drink your ovaltine don't forget to drink your ovaltine